Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Patrick Reed was a 35-year-old from Houston, Texas. He had three siblings, but as an adult was known to go off for months on his own. Sometime during late 1998, he and another man allegedly took a trip to Florida. The other man came back. Patrick did not. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. for this episode could come originally from a line in Hamlet. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Through the years, the saying has been generalized to its current form to mean something that doesn't seem right, although there is no factual information to base the belief on. And it's the kind of feeling we often get with disappearance cases. We don't believe what some of the witnesses are saying. We don't believe their alibis. We don't buy into their convenient stories, and we certainly won't be fooled by them pointing their fingers at others. Yet we can't understand why we feel the way we do. Some people might call it a sixth sense. No, not the one from the movie. Some people might just rely on the odds and probabilities of the situation. Others will think of their own experiences from their lives to come to their conclusions. But whatever path people will take, they often think, well, the title of this episode. The problem? Just because we suspect something doesn't make it true and surely won't get anybody convicted. Still, our intuition is often a good place to start when trying to firm up or discredit persons of interest's tales. Well, in the disappearance of Patrick Reed... I think you all will be experiencing what I've just talked about. People say Patrick and another man went to Florida. Yet there is something that just doesn't seem right. The problem? Patrick did have a history of going off for months at a time. And possibly this time, he just decided to not come back. And something shouldn't smell fishy at all. And now a summary of the case. You will not find this disappearance on The Charlie Project or NamUs. Patrick Reed grew up in a home with two sisters and a brother. He had a learning disability, 
so he ended up graduating high school with his sister, who was two years younger. Patrick was a bit of a loner, who would leave for months at a time but would always come back, or had eventually be found with a local homeless by his family. However, Patrick managed to make a connection with his brother-in-law, and they would hang out sometimes and go fishing. Yet, in the year before he disappeared, Patrick had gotten hard to deal with, and his sister, who he was living with, sent him back to live with people he knew in Houston. So sometime in late 1998, that same sister Charlotte had problems reaching Patrick. Every time she would call where Patrick was now living, she would be told he wasn't there, with no explanation as to when he would be back. Eventually, and this is alleged, the story came out that Patrick had gone to Florida with a guy known as C.D., now known as Charles Napier. Charles came back. Patrick did not. He was never seen again. Conversations with Charles yielded no explanation for Patrick not being back in Houston. Other people familiar with Patrick and his living situation tell the same story, that he went to Florida with Charles and never returned. In this case, due to Patrick's prior behavior, it's not crazy to believe that he could have gone to Florida and Charles really does have no idea what happened or even Patrick told him not to say anything. However, these questions still remain after over 20 years. Number one, why didn't the other people who lived with Patrick ever file a police report after he didn't return with Charles? Number two, why didn't the people who lived with Patrick tell Charlotte that he went to Florida when she called over the rest of 1998 and into 1999? And number three, what are we to make of a news story that says Patrick actually went to Tennessee and not Florida? Patrick's family realizes he had the tendency to go off by himself for long periods of time. But in this situation, they believe something happened to him and foul play could be involved. The guest for this episode is Patrick's sister, Charlotte Reed. Unfound News did you watch the live show a couple days ago? Did you notice the new lighting? Just a couple LED lights off camera makes all the difference. I should have gotten them a long time ago. I'm glad my assistants told me it was time for an upgrade. Next, newsletter. Next week. Please be looking for it. If you do not believe you are on the list, contact me privately and I will make sure you get on it. And finally, like last week, I want to draw your attention to all the new videos being uploaded to the new Unfound podcast channel on YouTube. Also notice the little watermark down in the bottom right-hand corner. Such a nice touch. Thank you, Natasha. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on the Unfound podcast channel on YouTube for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Christine. You can also contribute at PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at Amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. 
Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. Cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Patrick Reed, Charlotte Reed. Charlotte, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Let's start here. Uh, You are Patrick's sister. Are you his older sister or younger sister? His younger sister. Okay. And how did, um, how many brothers and sisters do you two have? Just you two or more than that? No, we have uh, another little sister. She's two years younger than me, Cynthia. And then we have a baby brother who is about 13 years younger than me. And his name is Charles Reed. Okay, so so there was four of you. Okay, and where and and where does Patrick uh, where does Patrick in age fall in all of that? He's two years older than me. Okay, so all of us, the first three of us, was two years apart, and then thirteen years later, the, the baby came. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how would you say growing up your relationship with Patrick? How did you? Uh, to get along, you know, uh, how, what was, what was the we read home like? We always got along good. Did you? We, we always got along good, yeah. Um, he was a little slow, so we were actually in the same grade, uh, oh. most of our elementary, through school, actually, through elementary and high, junior high. Uh, so, you know, we, we were always doing stuff together and mm-hmm. we got along great. Okay. What was Patrick into? Uh, you said he was uh, slow. Do you mean uh, maybe we should just uh, maybe um, mentally slow? Is that mentally, what you mean? Yeah, mentally slow. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Uh, well, what was he into? You know, being that you were in the same grade, I mean, did he still play sports? Uh, was he into what uh, else was he into? He did play sports a little bit. Um, he really didn't make too many friends whenever he was young. He just kind of hang out with his girls and, and our friends and whatever we were doing. Um, and it may be, you know, we did slot cars. And so he was into cars and uh, music. He played drums on anything he could get a hold of. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you know, he was, he was a lot of fun. Okay. And so you two were in the same grade, and so you went... Um... Even though he was two years older than you, and you, um, what would you say about his personality? Was he, you said he didn't, maybe didn't have a lot of friends, but was he still friendly guy or kind of quiet? What was he like? Yeah, he was a friendly guy. Um, you know, I mean, he would talk in, with anyone, but um, he just never really made too many, you know, connections with people. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he did when he got older. He did. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, he didn't. Okay. And, you know, he, he had went and lived with my aunt when he was, 
about 12 years old, and he stayed there with her until he was about 17. Oh. And then when he came, yeah, uh, we always were told that it was because of his being, you know, being bad in school. Mm. Um, it wasn't until mm. years later after my mother passed away that I found out that, uh, we found out that he had a different dad. So I don't know if maybe mm. that was the reason or, mm. you know, what was the reason why he went to live with my aunt for all them years. But, um, okay. that was, that was kind of weird. But other than that, it was a normal, you know, earlier childhood was normal. Mom mm. stayed at home, dad worked. We did, you know, skating, normal stuff kids do. Mm-hmm. How do you think he liked living uh, with his aunt? I don't think he did. No. She had, she had, uh, she was the founder of a place called Cinecore Foundation. It's still around. Um, she was the original founder of it, and he was originally supposed to stay there with her, but he ended up staying at the Cinecore Foundation, and that was kind of weird. And I think it really messed with him for the mm. rest of his life, really. I don't even know what that is. Can you briefly explain what that that it even is that she started? Cinecore is a drug rehabilitation center that my aunt, uh, Doris Austin and Luke, Uncle Luke Austin, founded in Colorado in the, I'm saying late 70s, maybe, or mm. around that time. Uh, and it was basically a huge building that had rooms where people that were rehabbing went and they lived there and they worked there and and it was a really neat place. I mean, it helped a lot of people. Uh, and my aunt had, and uncle had a house separate from that where they lived. Hmm. My brother was supposed to go live there but he ended up wow. for some reason living at the, oh at the foundation. Oh my. Yeah, um, I see what you mean. I mean, yeah. people, people could come and go as they wanted but, uh, you know, if they left they couldn't be part of the program and it was an amazing program. It helped a lot of people. But still, like you said, between the ages of 12 and 17, I mean, I'm, you know, he's just a teenager, but I'm guessing most of the people that would have been going in there are, you know, addicts in their 20s. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm sure. And, and you know, okay. I mean, I went and stayed up there, the, up there with him in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I stayed there at the foundation, too. I stayed, you know, in the women's. But I spent the summers up there with him, and uh, it was kind of a different, uh, different, a whole different lifestyle. Yeah. And I always wondered how he played guitar uh, there. I mean, he he made a lot of you know friends there because mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of kids. Believe it or not, that people would bring their children with them. It was a neat place, and it's still going on. Uh, I think there's one in Houston and one in California, maybe. Okay. And maybe we should establish this. So if he was, uh, I guess you say he was sent to his aunts who lived in Colorado. Where did all of you grow up? Uh, where were you all born? We were born in Houston, Texas, on the north side, and was raised there up until, okay. well, forever, until I grew up moved away. Okay. And But then he got sent to Colorado then for those years? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and For then, those years, yeah. and then you said that then he when he came back, I guess you were all still in Houston. Yes, we were in the same house. Okay. Um, he came back home, and uh, I guess about a year or so later, 
was, uh, he went back to school, graduated. Mm-hmm. He, you know, the only one that graduated on time was Pat and the whole family. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But uh, shortly, I guess about two years after he came back was whenever I moved out and got married. And he moved, he went with, came with me. Okay. Maybe we should talk about that. Why was it that uh, he came, if you were got married and... Uh, maybe you were going to be moving away somewhere else. Uh, why is it that he went with you? Well, I just moved about four streets over, and uh, I don't really know other than we were always together. I mean, he, we were just together. We usually wherever I went, Pat went. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we moved to Oklahoma at one point with my husband, ex-husband. Pat went with us. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, he would come and go all the time. But usually wherever I went, he would be there at some point. Okay. And did he have a job? I mean, was he working or what did he do for money? If he was living with you and, I mean, did what did you, what did he provide for at himself? At different times throughout the years, uh, he he would always do uh, yard work, uh, you know, cut lawns and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes he would do kitchen work or you know, janitorial work, really whatever, you know, whatever he can get. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now you had told me, being that you, being that you told me that, um, he, uh, you know, went with you when you got married, you, you told me, and this is going to factor kind of into his disappearance is that he and your ex-husband, who is now your ex-husband, your husband at the time, he, Patrick and he got along really well. Why do you think that was? Um, well, I'm not really sure. They just seem to, to get along. Um, uh, they, you know, looking back, I, I kind of think maybe they just kept him around using for the grunt work, uh, cause mm-hmm. he, you know, they always, he always did the yard work and the dishes or whatever they wanted him to do. Uh, but there was always people there and, you know, and he just hung out with all the people, and they, mm-hmm. they seemed to get along. I mean, they even got the same tattoo. I don't know why they got huh. along so well, because he wasn't, my ex-husband was not a very nice person, uh-huh. but uh, they seemed to get along. Okay. Just kind of like guys hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe go, go fishing, fishing stuff, like go fishing, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. And yeah, just. Okay. Okay. Now you'd also told me uh, during the course of our couple couple uh, previous conversations that Patrick um, did he run away when he was younger at some point? Maybe this was earlier in his life than when he was living with you and your husband. Did he did he run away or or what happened there? How many well, times? Um, well, whenever I was going through our outline, he, it wasn't whenever he was a child that he ran away. He didn't okay. start running away until. Um, right after he graduated high school, and I'm not exactly sure why he wouldn't follow the rules or something at the house. He, him and the, our mom and dad got into it, and he split. And I'm not even sure where he went that time, but that was the first time he left. Uh, and I'm saying it was, he was probably, well, he just graduated, okay. so 18. Um, and that was the first time he left. And it took us, I don't even remember, a couple of weeks he was gone before he came back. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But that was the beginning. I, and I remember looking for him then and calling the jails and the, and the hospitals. And I mean, I was, you know, young, but I remember doing that with my mom. Yeah. And that was just the beginning of okay. of what it was like with that. All right. And you, I, I'm guessing then that this happened more than once. Would he just come back on his own or would you find him? I mean, did you ever find out where he would go during these times? Well, most of the time he would just show back up, you know, and this is the way he done with all of his little different groups of friends. He would show up, stay a while, and then, you know, wake up and he'd be gone. Uh, and he would be gone sometimes for six months or longer. Oh uh, most oh of the time, you know, he would just go back up either my house, my sister's house, or my ex- ex-family's oh. house. Now, whenever our mom died, uh, we had we went to go find him, and uh, we were going to homeless shelters, and they wouldn't give us any information. And one of the homeless guys said, "Check this homeless camp," and sure enough, we found him there at the homeless camp in mm-hmm. San Antonio, and brought him back home. Mm-hmm. And within three months, we had to go do it again because by then it was the time for the wheel, and he then took off again. And we found him somewhere out in the homeless. I'm not even sure. Maybe mm-hmm. Austin that time. Okay. And but, in your in your opinion, when you would find him, like you said, three months, six months, uh, what kind of condition was he in after that? I mean, did it seem like he was, even though he was homeless, you know, it, you're finding him at these homeless camps, how was he providing for himself? Did he look like he was doing okay, even though he didn't have a place to live? Not really. He was usually skinny. His clothes were rags, hadn't had a bath in months, Uh, you know, probably drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, you know, but he looked, that's what he looked like. Did he ever uh, explain to you why he would do this? I mean, did you two ever have a conversation? You know, Patrick, you know, why are you doing this? Yeah, and he just really didn't have any explanation. I would just, it was be more the conversation would be like, stop doing this shit to me. I don't want you to take off and not be able to find you. Mm-hmm. You know? I yeah. mean, I was constantly fussing at him. I mean, I constantly fussed at this boy. I mean, he's older than me, but I still felt like I was meant to look out for him, you know? Sure, sure. And Absolutely. I completely dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if you dropped the ball there, Charlotte. I mean, it seems like he, you know, he's a grown man, and he was going to do what he was going to do. You know. That's right. That's pretty much what he would tell me. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I'm just wondering, being that he's now missing, you know, what you know we could learn from these previous uh, disappearances. You know, him previously going missing and coming back. You know, what can we then learn, maybe, and, and apply that to him? Of course, being missing all these years. But it sounds to me like he just wanted to go off and do his own thing. He wanted to hang out with these people that uh, he identified with, homeless people in homeless camps. He wasn't necessarily by himself, um, but that's you know that's what he was doing. Uh, let's talk about and, one, you know, please, please. Oh no, I'm, I'm j- I was just thinking that I think that goes back to his years at the Cinecorp Foundation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, you did say that he uh, was a bit of a drinker. I mean, uh, was he a, 
Uh, but you did say that, in, to your knowledge, he never got into any drugs, but he was a drinker. I mean, was he uh, a happy drunk, uh, uh, an angry drunk? What kind of drunk was he? Well, um, he was kind of a funny drunk yeah. most of the time, but he would get, you know, people would pick on him and he would get mad and he would he would stomp around like a wet hen and he'd be even funnier, even though he was mad. People would laugh at him because of... It's comical because he, you know, he would never actually pick a fight because he would avoid conflict. But he would jump around and be all mad and wave his arms and stuff. <laughs> okay. Act like he was going to do something, you know, and people would laugh at him, which made him more madder. Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't the kind of guy who, when he got drunk, was looking to pick a fight or, you know, ha- you know, as we know, no, some, no, people, no. some people are like that, both men and women. They get a couple. Oh, yeah. You know, they can get very belligerent, oh, yeah. uh, but Patrick was not like that. No, no. Okay. He was definitely not. Okay. So let's move up. Uh, uh, let's move up close to the time of his disappearance, maybe 95, 96. Uh, in these years, was he still living with you? Um, and maybe you're still married at the time. I, I don't know. Maybe probably none of my business. But in those years, 95, 96, was he living with you? 95 was the year I, I remarried. I got married to my husband now. Okay. Um, he was not living with me. Okay. He was, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, they were, he was living with me in 95. Yes, he was whenever okay. his son was born, his first son. Okay. Him and his wife were living with me. Okay. Maybe, in, in maybe, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. So at some point, uh, Patrick did meet a woman, and they had uh, a couple kids together. Yes, they had two boys. Wow. Okay. All right. And uh, how did that all happen? If he was being homeless and everything, how did that happen? I have no idea <laughs> how that happened. Okay. I, just, I really don't. I just know one day he showed up at the house with his wife, who was mentally unstable. Oh. And had, um, I think it was paranoid schizophrenic. Schizophrenic, uh, yeah. Okay. Schizophrenic is what she was. Uh, and she was pregnant. And so they stayed. And when the baby was born, of course, the baby came home with me. Um, they stayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat was working, I think, for a trash service at the time. And rented them a little trailer. And they moved into the little trailer. I kept them pity with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went on. I'm not really sure how long they were at that trailer. Before long, they were back in Houston, him and her both. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe within a year. I'm not really sure. Okay. But then they had yeah, ended up having a couple... I don't her or where he met her mm-hmm. or anything about her other than, you know, she was not able to keep her children, for sure. Okay. But at some point, even though he was with her, uh, he ended up, you know, and had a couple kids, he ended up moving in with you. Did their marriage break down or something? Something happened? Um, After the birth of their second child, which was a traumatic birth, it was very traumatic for everybody mm-hmm. because... Uh, I mean, I wasn't there, but when I heard she had the baby and 
this little trailer park driveway and kept walking. And the baby that was brain damaged and he's severely uh, handicapped. Um, that was in 97, wow. August of 97. Wow. Um, after that, the baby went with our with our little brother, and I guess maybe six months or so later, I'm not even really sure. It could have been three months. Pat came to my house. Uh, it may have even been longer, but Pat Pat came to my house mm-hmm. after the birth of his uh, youngest and stayed for a while. And he was depressed and severely. Uh, pain in the butt because he would argumentative and he just wasn't himself, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he would go back and forth between my house and our other sister's house, who was fairly close, about 30 minutes away, <laughs> and stay, mm-hmm. you know, a few days here and a few days back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. so that was after 97 because his, his baby was born in 97 and then... So I'm thinking he's been Christmas with us that year. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, you know, it was into '98. Whenever mm-hmm. uh, I just, mm-hmm. I told him, you know, he had to get up and go to work. He had to get up and take a shower. He had to get up off this couch and do something. He didn't want to help with his son. He was just not in a good way. Yeah. And how old, if I can ask, how old was Patrick at this time? Late ninety seven, early ninety eight. How old was he then? Uh, let's see, he's born in sixty two, seventy eight, years old. Yeah. Okay, thirty five yeah. years old. All right, so he's thirty five. Uh, he's having his problems. He has these two kids. One of them was born with um, some uh, um, severe traumatic injuries. Yeah, right. Right, okay. And he's not with his wife anymore. He's living with you and your new husband. And uh, But he's saying he's being a pain in the butt, being argumentative. I guess he was drinking as well. He wasn't drinking, and that was might have been part of the problem because hmm. my husband don't drink, I don't drink, and we just, you know, we had kids. We're not, yeah. you know. Okay. That wasn't going to be going on. Okay. Maybe that was why he was so <laughs> argumentative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I should have been more compassionate about the depression he was going through because he wasn't being himself. But, you know, I just had such go- much going on with his son, raising and my boys and trying to work. Yeah, yeah. That... I just told him, you know, if you're not going to work, you need to go hang out with the bums in Houston because I can't afford you. Right. And where and were and where were you? Where were you and your new husband and your kids living at the time? Uh, in Cleveland, uh, right outside of Cleveland, actually, it's the same place I have now. Okay. In the country there. All right, Cleveland, Ohio, or Cleveland, Texas? Oh, Cleveland, Texas. <laughs> okay. Texas, yeah. All right. It's cause... about an hour north. Okay. All right, we just need to make sure because I think everybody would just think of Ohio. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, we just need to make sure people understand it's there is a Cleveland, Texas, but I think most people are yeah, going to think yeah, of Cleveland, Cleveland Ohio. Texas. I forget that this is going, you know, widespread. But uh, yeah, it's about an hour north of Cleveland, of uh, 
of Houston, Texas okay. is so where I moved to. Okay, so you're living there and with your new husband of a couple years, and you have your kids, you have one of Patrick's kids, and then Patrick is there as well. And at some point, though, you, I, 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 I'll just use, I'm not saying you thought this, but at some point you maybe got a little fed up with him and everything, and you said, you know, yeah. you, like you just said, you need to go hang out with those people that identify more with you, correct? Right. Except I didn't say it as not. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I got you. This is a PG program, PG-rated program. Okay, so um, uh, how did Patrick feel about that? I don't think he, he it bothered him much. I mean, um, okay. he didn't really seem like it was a problem. He just said, well, take me to, to Colas. And so I took him down to, to Houston, to the north side on Colas. Okay. Colas is a street, K-O-W-I-S street. Okay. Yes. And this was, uh, maybe I should just state that this would have been your ex-husband's parents' house. Yes. Wow. At the time, uh, one of the parents had passed away, and the boys were living there. Um, I thought my ex-husband still lived there, but whenever I talked to my ex-brother-in-law, he said no. Uh, My ex-husband had moved at the time. By okay. then, okay. Uh, I, I don't know because I wasn't hanging out too very much at all right. over on the north side at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know my brother-in-law was living there, his wife, several other people, uh, and then you know whoever happened to mm-hmm. drop by and hang around. Mm-hmm. Was that your choice to drop him off there, or was that something Patrick requested? He was like, "Well, if you're gonna." Kick me out of your house, just take me there. Was that your decision or his decision? Mm, well, I always knew I was going to take him to the north side because that's mm-hmm. where the only his friends that I knew, mm-hmm. you know, lived. Um, part of them being my ex-family. Uh, and I asked him, you know, where do you want me to take you? And he said, just take me to Timmy's. Okay. All right, and that's when you did, and and. I know it's been over 20 years now, but do you, can you even uh, guess the approximate date of uh, when you did this? January of 98 sometime, would you say? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it was after Christmas because it wasn't cold. I okay. mean, you know, it was decent weather. Okay. Um, uh, so I'm saying probably maybe very early spring. Okay, of 98 then. Of 98. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe March 98. Yeah, maybe okay. maybe March. Okay. May, that's that's what I was thinking. Okay. And I have it wrote down. It was the early spring that I remember. Okay, so what did you think when you dropped him off there? I mean, did you plan on... Talking to him once in a while, did you um, plan on keeping in touch with him? Uh, you know, what did you think was going to go on there after you dropped him off? Well, uh, I was sure I was going to keep in contact with him because I had his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I told him I think I told him I'd be back in a couple of weeks to. Mm-hmm. Uh, see him and I probably did um, mm-hmm. see him several times before you know the last time 
Okay. That I saw him. Okay. And when I know was I the, spoke with him several when times. When was the last time you saw him? Uh, the last time I saw him, I was it was actually around uh, August of '98. Okay. Because his son's birthday, the boy that I had. His birthday is in August. It was August the 16th was his birthday. Okay. And I had went to find Pat so he could see Josh for his birthday. I hadn't spoken with Pat for a little while. I can't remember exactly how long at that point because he was not wanting to talk to me on the phone or anything much. Uh, and I found him at a bar at the end of Coa Street and took him to the park so I could spend a little time with his son. And um, he was drunk, very drunk. And I made him sign a paper saying that I, you know, had the right to do medical, you know, for his son, power of attorney type, yeah. you know, handwritten piece of paper. <clears throat> and yeah. I have that paper, but it's in my file at the house in the country. Um, but I know it was around Josh's birthday. So, you know, middle of August, 1998 okay. was the last time. I saw him, and when I dropped him off, I dropped him off at the 1825 Colas Street. Okay. And, you know, fussed at him. I was always fussing, you know, to get his act together and be a dad because I wasn't planning on raising another child, and I told him that. Yeah. You know, I've raised many more since then, too, but <laughs> I wasn't planning on that at the time. Yeah. Right. And when was the, so that was the last time you saw him. When was the last time you spoke to him? That was the last time I spoke with him. Spoke with him, okay. So would you say that there were times after that where you maybe tried to call over to that house and he wasn't there, or how do you remember it? Yeah, yeah, I remember calling. um, And like I said, even before that last time I seen him, he wouldn't really talk to me on the phone. He would get on Mm -hmm. the phone and, and, you know, just really not say anything and have to go. Um, and afterwards, he was either never there, never there, never there, and then my brother-in-law told me that he had took off to Florida and wasn't there anymore. Huh. Did they ever give you, when he, when you would call, and once again, I realize this over 20 years ago, but just maybe just to give him the general idea, when you would call and he says, well, he's not there, you know, where would they say he would be? They wouldn't. Nobody yeah. ever knew where Pat was at. He's just not here. Okay. It was like, you know, a puff of smoke is what my brother-in-law said, and he was. Pat was like a puff of smoke. He would be there one minute and gone the next. Okay. And then, but then at some point, once again, after August of 98, you hadn't heard from him. When did you personally start to get a little worried that, you know, this was something more than him not just being there? Maybe he took off for good. When did you start getting a little worried? Probably by August of the next year when, you know, his son's birthday rolled around again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, something is definitely not right. Yeah. And, you know, we all, all of us, my sister, you know, the little brother, uh, you know, everybody was starting to ask at that point, you know, and by a year and a half, 
I knew something was wrong. I mean, I knew he was not coming back. Mm. Because no matter how long he stayed gone, he never stayed gone over a year and a half. Yeah. He, he barely ever stayed gone over, you know. Normal was three to six months. Right. If he had been gone a year at one at one point, but never longer than that. Okay. Um, did you ever, during that time, uh, ever, you know, being that you said you lived, and I realize you had your own life to take care of, you have your own kids, you're married, but did you ever drive down there, you know, kind of just to knock on the door instead of calling? Oh, did yeah. you ever dri- drive down there, knock oh, on yeah. the door, oh, and yeah. say, hey, you know, what's up? Where's Patrick? Yeah, oh, yeah. I drove down there several times. Did you? Um, yes. Um, up until, probably, well, up until my brother in law moved because. Uh, my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, and my husband now ended up becoming friends. They, uh, musicians playing, you know, they would get together and have jam sessions or whatever. And so we would go down there periodically, not a lot. Sometime between 99 and 2002 or 2003, we probably went there maybe five times. You know, to have a little mm-hmm. get together and jam. Um, they thought they were well. They did. They made pretty good music, I have to say. Okay. All right. So this brother-in-law, even though he became friends with your new husband, he was living in that house, and not even he could explain where Patrick was. No, his his story had been all along that Pat took off with CD to Florida. Okay. Which was. A guy across the street that lived directly across the street. <clears throat> Let's talk about that. When, if you can remember, when was the first time, once again, just for the listeners so we can put this in timeline, this is one of those rare disappearances where we don't have an exact disappearance date, but you see him in August 98 for the last time. That's also the last time you talk to him. You're calling there. They're telling you. And who are you talking to when you're calling? When you were calling there, who were you talking to? Were you talking to your brother-in-law or were you talking to other people in the uh, house? Sometimes his wife would answer. Sometimes other people would answer. Other people that were staying there, other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them I just know by nicknames or first mm-hmm. names. Okay. Um you know, they would answer, no, we ain't seen him. I'll even know you call if I see him, you know, type thing. Okay. Um, okay. So once again, put it in timeline. So you are calling there. They're telling you he's not here, and it's really not for like a year. And that may sound unusual in other disappearances, but you've already explained that Patrick would disappear, go missing for a while, then come back. So you let it go for about a year to 99. That's when you start um, getting worried because his son's uh, birthday, you know, and he's not there. But within all of that, when did you first hear this story about him going to Florida with this guy who was known by the initials C as in Cat, D as in David, C.D.? When did you first hear that story? I'm thinking about um, – well, it was, sometime, it was sometime in between, you know – It had to, it was after he in August of ninety eight when I didn't see Pat anymore. Uh and before probably within a year. I'm I'm not okay. even sure. It could have been 
six months that I was told that. Okay. What did you think about it when you uh, heard that story? Did that sound like something that was believable to you in those times that you called Absolutely. there? Had had you ever talked to CD when you called there any of those times? Not that I know of, but uh, I did walk up to CD, uh, and that was about in what was after after about a year or so. Uh, we were over there, so somewhere in '99. 2000 maybe mm-hmm. um, we were over there my husband was they were all playing their music and I was outside and I saw that CD person yes. and I walked over I walked over there and asked him where is my brother did he go to Florida with you did something happen to him and he did not say a word. He turned around, he looked down, he looked down at me because he's about seven foot tall, no kidding, and turned around and walked in his house and shut the door. That was it? That was it. And that was... And that was the only time I'd ever seen him. I'd never seen him again. Wow. Okay. Did you ever, and maybe we should establish this, CD's real name is Charles Napier, N-A-P-I-E-R. And had you ever even yeah. heard of him before before Patrick went missing? Had you ever even anybody ever even mentioned him before? Uh, not by that name. Now I had heard of some a guy named Lurch. You know, oh, okay. just I heard the name through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I didn't put two and two together until years and years later. Okay. But I never met him ever. Okay. Until that day, I walked up to him. Okay, so his nickname was Lurch. I guess that goes back to what you said about him, tall, you know, tall guy. Yes. Okay. And so he just, that one time, and the story that you were told by other people, not actually C.D. himself, but other people, your brother-in-law, is that C.D. and Patrick went to Florida. I guess C.D. came back. Patrick didn't. Right. Okay. Did your brother-in-law or anybody else who you might be inclined to believe have any opinion on you know, on this and why CD doesn't seem to have a good explanation for what happened. Well, not really. He said that could have been, he could have threw him off a river bridge between here and, because they hitched hike to Florida, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but then I also got another story from my brother-in-law just recently whenever I called to question him about, you know, exactly how he knew Pat went to Florida because that's the story I got. I got it from him. Where did he get it from? Mm-hmm. He said, well, I actually have no proof that he went to Florida. I just assumed he did when he didn't go to Tennessee, which was a whole new twist to where Pat mm-hmm. might have been because I had never heard that mm-hmm. he may be in Tennessee. And uh, if I may ask, how this is, you say this is a story that's somewhat recent. How recent is it? Within the last two months. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. So in the last 20-some years, nobody ever mentioned the state of Tennessee to you, and then he just pulls that out of nowhere. Yeah, that's right. And I ask him, why in hell would you tell me for 20 years that my brother went to Florida? If you didn't know he went to Florida, 
and why haven't I heard about the Tennessee story? Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Uh, he said, well, he didn't know that Pat didn't go to Tennessee for a while until the guy that he was supposed to have went with, a guy came by, Pat was supposed to went to Tennessee with him. The guy was going to pick him up the next day or something, and Pat wasn't there, and so the guy left without him. Supposedly, my ex-brother-in-law did not know that until the guy that Pat was supposed to went to Tennessee with had came back and said Pat didn't go to Tennessee with him. So, you know, then maybe Pat could be something happened to him in Tennessee. Right. Okay. Well, I I did a little bit of checking on that, too, because the man that he was supposed to went to Tennessee with is also the father of my nephew. Okay. I know it sounds crazy. Wow, okay. So he he knew the stepmother. He had stepchildren, uh, stepbrothers and sisters that also lived in Tennessee. Pat was never in Tennessee during those years. Okay. All right, so um, we have a couple. Of, so you thought one story for quite a while, that he went to Florida with Lurch, otherwise known as C.D., uh, real name Charles Napier, and you tried to talk to him about it. He didn't want to talk to you about it. And then uh, all these years later, then you hear some other story from your brother-in-law, who is a bit, you've, you've been around for the last 20 years. In fact, you've told me that he's in the same band with your husband. So he was seeing you all the time, yeah. and it, and it's not until recently he brings up Tennessee. Right. Well, they don't. Uh, they don't. They don't do the band anymore. And they mm. haven't in years. Okay. But um, so you know, we haven't hung out. We've seen them maybe twice in the last ten years, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, he was the one that told me for years that Pat went to Florida, and then as I'm questioning him, as I was preparing for this podcast, mm-hmm. I was calling up people and talking to him and questioning them, and he and I questioned him about how he knew, and he didn't know. He assumed it because he heard C.D. and Pat talking about going to Florida one day, mm-hmm. that they were going to hitchhike to Florida because C.D., I guess, had did that before. Okay. Uh, and so he said he just assumed it. But, and, oh. I, you know, that was, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Now, this is, uh, I have to ask you this. Uh, did the police get involved in any way in this disappearance in the last 20 some years? No, they, they have not. Um, I've, I've never even filed a missing person. Okay. I got to ask you, why has that never been done? Of course, we before this uh, interview, of course, we talked about that, and uh, I think you're going to get that done, and, and we're going to talk about a couple other things, but. Over the last 20 years, maybe even when you heard he went to Florida and CD came back and he didn't, is there a reason that you never filed a police report in Houston? Uh, well, there's no good reason. Uh, I don't really know why I never filed a police report. Okay. I mean, I knew he was gone. When he didn't come back, I knew he was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea. Of course, you know, what, when, or where. And I just went on with life, and, you know, I did my searches that I could with the Doe Network for years. And, you know, went through missing persons and and did things like that. 
Okay. But I never went back to Houston to fill out a police report. Okay. And I should have. I should have done it then. And and we should note, I mean, you weren't the one living with him. I mean, all of that, all of these other people, maybe C D didn't live C D didn't live there, but he lived down the street. I mean, he comes back from Florida allegedly. Uh, and Patrick's not around. He never filed a police report. Your brother-in-law never filed a re- police report. Uh, your ex-husband who lived there never filed a police report. None of his family did. Nobody did. It's not just on you. I mean, I'm not even sure it is on you, Charlotte. I mean, they were the ones who were living with him. They were the ones that were friends with him. Well. Right? <clears throat> maybe so, but he all, you know, it, it should have been on me because, I always, he always lived with me. Even though he may have took off, I mean, he always come back to, to my place. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, it, there, there is no good excuse or good reason why I didn't. You know, I was raising children, yeah. working. I didn't, you know, I didn't go back to Houston a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't. That's all right. I'm not, and I'm not trying to uh, guilt you in any way. All right, but I but I know the listeners um, probably have at least looked this uh, disappearance up a little bit. They'll of course find it's not on the Charlie Project, it's not on Amos, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. And you know, they wonder, well, you know, it's very rare for that to be. And maybe now, you know, we have some of those answers. But I I want you to know that I'm not trying to guilt you in any way. In fact, I, I I'm much more suspicious of them not filing a police report than you not filing a police report. So please please understand that. I just wanted to make sure that the people understood that. That, you know, so please understand yeah. that. Um, you know, just the way Pat did and was going all the time, no one yeah. really ever suspected anything for so long. Yeah. Right, and you're right. Yeah. And that's that certainly does factor into this that – he was a guy who, did, as you said, would go away for three months at a time, six months mm-hmm. at a time, maybe even a year. And you just think, well, he's going to come back. So that certainly factors into it as well. Um, have you ever talked to your ex-husband uh, about any of this? Maybe not now, but back at the time. Did you ever talk? At the time, at the time we did. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, he did he, – from. He had moved out of that house on Colas, my ex-husband did, mm-hmm. and moved up to Plantersville, which is about an hour and a half away from Houston, uh, somewhere around that time. And I don't know if Pat spent any time up there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, more likely he did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a few times, you know, we had talked, and because I had asked him, you know, have you seen, have you seen Pat? Um, it wasn't up until about, I guess, 2005 that, you know, I hadn't spoke with, with my ex-husband since then about any of this, that, you know, we were doing this podcast or, podcast or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, when you did, when you did speak to your ex-husband way back then, I mean, did he, was he also one to talk about Pat going to Florida? No, uh, not that I recall that. We always, I can't really remember what he, he probably did think that, either that or 
you know, after a while when CD came back, um, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe he took off to somewhere else. Okay. And I think everybody else kind of caught that too for a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. Whenever he wasn't with CD and CD didn't answer my questions, I was just hoping that maybe he had took off because he would jump on the rails, he said, or he would hitchhike wherever he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, it wasn't until 99 I really got worried. Yeah. But by 2000, I knew for sure he was not coming back. Mm-hmm. By 2000, I knew. Okay. When you spe- your in your opinion, when you did start speaking to, of course, we know what happened when you tried to speak to Charles Napier, um, but your brother-in-law back at the time, um, your ex-husband, anybody else that were any anybody else who who was around Patrick on a daily basis, in your opinion, did any of them seem bothered that Patrick? disappeared? Not initially. Not initially. Um, A few other people did. You know, Mickey, my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, he seemed concerned um, after a while. You know, everyone was kind of, anytime we would run into somebody, hey, anyone ever see Pat? Pat ever show up anywhere? You know, that type of thing. Uh, but after a few years, even people quit asking about that. You know, quit asking about that. So they they didn't seem that worried about him, not bothered about him. Uh, of course, we know that none of them went to the police to, to file any police report. Um, and especially C.D., being that the story is that he and went, pa- uh, Patrick went to Florida and only C.D. came back. He didn't seem bothered by it. In fact, he didn't want to talk to you about it. Um, is there any proof that C.D., once again, Charles Napier, ever went to Florida at all? Uh, well, he did have, well, of course, this is what I was told, he did have uh, a girlfriend or a wife down there. Uh, her name was Dawn. Dawn Napier. I looked her up on Facebook mm-hmm. and have uh, messaged her I don't know if it's the same one or mm-hmm. I've messaged so many people because I also found out that Charles Napier has a brother named Chet Napier. I text uh, messaged all the Chet Napiers I could find on Facebook and I haven't uh, received anything back from any of them. The only person that had anything to do with Charles Napier that I was able to contact was Adela Asa. Right. And uh, um, I talked with him on Facebook. Okay. Uh, he is the stepbrother. Let's see how did this go. CD's mother is Dallas's stepmother. I was Dallas's stepmother. Okay. They lived there with them. Uh, I forget exactly what year it was. I got it wrote down here. Him and his wife did. He said that he doesn't remember the family that lived there, the Cochran family, my ex-family. He doesn't remember any of them because they wasn't there that long. And he also told me that C.D., the last he heard, C.D. had died in prison. Wow. 
Well, did uh, did he being that he knew uh, CD died in prison? Uh, why was he in prison? And you know, did did uh, this uh, Paul Dallas Asa A S A ever give you an idea of Charles's demeanor? Was he a violent guy? Anything like that? No, he he didn't really um, he didn't really say much other than give me the name of. CD's brother. Okay. Um, and I don't know how I got the name of his wife, his name Don. Okay. Maybe my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, tell me that. Okay. But I, I searched her on Facebook, and I haven't gotten any responses to any of the Don okay. Napiers. Well, maybe we can help you with that. Um, maybe we can try to track down... Not on Facebook, but some of the databases we use to get phone numbers and and inform contact information locations. Um, we might be able to narrow that down uh, for you, uh, Charlotte. I, I'm hopeful that we can do that. Did, in your opinion, and and Chet, uh, of course, his brother as well. Let's hope that he's not deceased. Uh, in Paul Dallas Ace's opinion, had he had he ever even heard? Of your brother, Patrick, did he even know that he was missing anything anything about any of this no. disappearance at all? No, no. He, no. he never heard of my brother, didn't know my brother. No. Uh, and, you know, he was stepbrothers with CD. Uh, but from this, you know, he didn't know too much about CD. Last he heard, he was killed. So it was kind mm-hmm. of, he didn't, I didn't really go into too much of anything else. Okay. All like right. Like I said, it was through Messenger on the right. on the Facebook Messenger. And that was recently. Yes, that was within probably the last month. Okay. And do you also tried to call Paul Delasesa too, didn't you? you? Tried calling him. Yes. Okay. Delasesa, Paul yeah. Delasesa. Yeah, and he's not called you back. No, he hasn't. But he has. Uh, Message with me through Facebook. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. At least you have somebody that knew uh, maybe could give you some more background about CD. And we certainly don't like hearing that he was in jail when he died. Um, And, of course, being that he is deceased, you can't question him anymore. Um. Do you have any? I, I I usually don't ask this question, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do you have some suspicions about Patrick's disappearance? Is there anything that leads you to believe that maybe this isn't really the story? And you know, do you think possibly something happened in that house, or what are you thinking? Well, I don't really know what to think. Um, I never had suspicions of my uh, ex-brother-in-law mm-hmm. at all. Uh, you know, and that that was his place where he was staying. Yeah. Uh, I never had any suspicions about any of that until now, recently when I've gotten a different story. Right. And even then, I really don't suspect he did anything. My suspicion, my thoughts was that it could have been anything from him getting, uh, you know, overdosed. You know, he didn't do drugs. That didn't mean he didn't start doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drank too much and walked out in front of a car or got someone beat him up. I don't know what happened. All these things 
that I think could have happened. And the way his lifestyle, it could have. Anything could have happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to admit, you know, what makes me suspicious is that uh, being that CD, the way he acted towards you when you asked, he just didn't want to really say anything. He just walked away. That's that's not a very good sign. Yeah, you know, that, he, that made me suspicious too. But I mean, I didn't. He didn't know me, and I didn't know him, and I was acting a little crazy because he was just looking at me and not answering my questions. Well, uh, how would he expect you to ask? I mean, loud. act. That's how you should act. You know. Yeah. You concerned about I'll your brother? Leave. Yeah. Okay. So we have this disappearance. I'm not sure of even a disappearance date. Um, we have this story about him going to Florida. Um, we, d- we don't have a police report, uh, but um, uh, the listeners should know I've talked to Charlotte about that, You know that she needs to get that done because then that can make uh, NamUs happen, and then maybe we can get this uh, stuff moving. Uh, did you even know about? Have you heard of Namus before, Charlotte? Were you aware? I of had this? heard of. Uh, Please. Yes, I had heard of Namus. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, well, I guess it's been about five or six years ago. I had started searching again through uh, the Doe Network and come across the Namus, uh, and found out. Um, found out about it. Uh, and then the lady, uh, I met a lady through Facebook that was telling me about how to go about doing it. But that was just recently, probably within the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, uh, I will tell you and all my listeners will tell you that it's very important for you to get Patrick's information on NamUs. Um, because as we talked about before this interview, it very well could be that uh, Patrick's remains are out there somewhere, and I'm not saying that there was foul play. Uh, could be a variety of reasons. The, you know, of course, we hope that he's still alive. But if he's not, and his remains are somewhere, there would be no way for them to connect the remains to you because your DNA is not, you know, in the database. So, and and names right. can certainly um, make that happen. And uh, I think that's probably one of the most important things that. You know, you should uh, have a goal of getting done for 2020 for sure. You know, abs- absolutely, for sure, yeah. absolutely. Um, are there? Any, do you have any Facebook pages or anything set up for Patrick's disappearance? I have to admit, it's it's a little tough to search, do any research on him because he has the same name as uh, a guy who's now a very famous golfer, Patrick Reed, who won the Masters last year. So it's a little difficult, but. Do you have um have any pages been set up for him? Any like flyers set up for him on Facebook anywhere else? Uh, well, I, uh, I do have a flyer on. Um, let me see the name of this Facebook page. It's uh, un unclaimed, unidentified, unidentified Facebook Facebook page. I'm trying okay. to remember the exact name of it. Okay. Um, I think they changed the name of their Facebook page just recently, so I'm not really sure. And I haven't had the chance to get on it to get the flyer that I was able to make there. Okay. Excuse me? But I will try to get a copy of that and okay. and get it to you. All right. Great. I, I'd, I'd love to see that. 
Um, of course, by the time the listeners hear our voices, I will have posted. You're going to get me some pictures too because I couldn't find any pictures online uh, for Patrick as well. But uh, uh, you're going to send me some, and I will of course post those um, so we can get you know his name and his face out there and you know get this thing moving. But I think most importantly for 2020. Charlotte, uh, you have to file that police report. I know that Houston Police Department Department's going to look at your cross-eyed when you tell them that how old it is, but um, you're just going to have to insist and be nice about it. Right. And then that, from that, then uh, the name of stuff can get started. You know, and I think that that will be yeah. a very good goal to reach uh, this particular 2020. Um. Any last word? Any last words before we complete this interview, Charlotte? Um, well, other than to thank you for all your your time and dedication to what you do, and giving me hope that I may be able to bring you home one day, I I, I can't even express how uh, what that will mean to me. Well, you're very you're very welcome, and I I think that. Uh, you know, I know you've been doing this on your own, and that's certainly admirable. That's more than a lot of people do. A lot of people just sit back and wait for the police to do their thing. Of course, in this case, the police don't even know that Patrick is missing right at this point. So I greatly admire, you know, what you've been trying to do, but I think it's now the time, you know, to get law enforcement, some government agencies involved to assist, you know, to assist you. You know, I think that's very important, you know. Especially, I agree. It's way past time. Yeah, I since, should have done it long ago. Since uh, you've been carrying the burden all these years, it's uh, it's time for at least somebody else to carry a bit of the burden as well. So, <laughs> But I want to assist you on that. I think that uh, maybe some of these other people you've mentioned, Chet Napier, and you know, uh, if CD has an ex-wife or, or whoever uh, in Florida, maybe we can track those people down for you. Maybe you get to talk to them too. might be helpful. Maybe. Sounds good. Okay. Well, Charlotte, I deeply appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Okay, and I deeply appreciate you, Edward, and everything that you're doing. You're very kind. Thank you. And that was my interview with Charlotte Reed, sister of Patrick Reed. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. This is the first disappearance in a while where the gone-missing date is so unclear. In fact, just off the top of my head, the only other one that comes close to Patrick's case is Christopher Hyde's, a situation where his sister also didn't realize he was missing for many months. And that was a disappearance unfound covered at the end of 2016. So like I said, it's been a while. Yet the two cases have a lot of other similarities. Both men had learning disabilities. Both men had sisters who cared for them, but had their own lives to handle. And both were put in the care of a person or people who should have looked out for them, but didn't. And in both disappearances, the facts are nebulous, to the point of myself and many of you not quite believing what is on the public record. And that is what makes us feel fishy about both of them. The problem is, and this is relevant to both Christopher's and Patrick's disappearances, the problem is we know just enough about both to believe they could have just walked off, 
whether in Florida or Texas or Tennessee or anywhere else. And in Pat's situation, it's not like Charles Napier, also known as C.D., was put on this earth to look out for him. Pat was a grown man who showed he could handle himself, even if it meant living on the streets. For me, though, what is usually the point that makes me start to believe foul play occurred, and this is true in both Patrick's and Christopher's disappearances, and if you haven't listened to Christopher's episode, please go back and do so after you're done listening to this one. The point is that the other people around seem to not be bothered at all that these men disappeared. No one ever called Charlotte to let her know Pat had kind of wandered off. No one in that house on Coa Street in Houston ever filed a police report. No one seemed to be curious at all as to what happened to Patrick. In fact, even when Charlotte called, the people in the house allowed her to believe that Patrick was still around, when he really wasn't. And this included her ex-husband and her ex-brother-in-law. But being that Charles Napier is dead, and it's been over 20 years, I don't think this case is going to get solved until Patrick's name gets out there a little bit more. And that means getting him on NamUs and on the Charlie Project. Both of those sites will go a long way toward raising awareness, along with Charlotte getting her DNA collected. Because it very well could be Patrick's remains have been found, but not identified yet. However, with Charlotte now appearing on Unfound, this can now start the process of getting the stench off this disappearance. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.